Well, I can't wait to bring God's word with you this morning. I'm excited. 2016 is right around the corner. What a better time to start a series called New Season. New Season. And today I want to talk to you about the coats of life. The coats of life. And me and my wife, we've been talking about 2016, about our goals, our, our, the things that we want to accomplish in 2016. And man, we are pumped up for it. And uh, one of the things that we're looking forward to is right now we have a child. His name is MJ. He's one year old. A crazy, funny, hilarious little boy. But coming in June 2016, baby number two is on the way. And so we are looking forward to adding another child. We are going to grow this church one way or another. But uh, you can go ahead and just keep praying for us because parenting is tough. It's going to be two on two now. And uh, so we're excited, though. I found, though, that the one single thing that has changed my life more than anything else has been having a baby, adding a life to your family. It just changes you more than marriage, more than going to college. And I can tell you, you single people, people without children, you have this one thing that you, you have that you don't realize that you have that you are taking advantage of. You're taking for granted called freedom. You got it. Enjoy it while you can because times are about to change. When you have kids, the easy things, the little things, like things so small you don't even know they're things, become nearly impossible. Things like leaving the house. Right? Right now, you, without kids, you want to leave the house. You look at your, your wife or you look at someone, hey, let's go. That sounds good. Yes, let's go. And you walk out the door and you go with your free little self. Walk right out the door right? Wait till you have kids, because once you have a child, you have to have a meeting before going out just to see if going out is even worth going out. Like, babe, do we really need groceries this week? I don't know, because chasing that child around the house is crazy. MJ, MJ, where did you put your other shoe? Where is it? Show daddy where you hit it, right? He's one year old. He can say five words, and he thinks it's a game. Ah, and he's running and screaming. MJ, Come here, we still got to change your diaper. No, come here, come on. Arms up, arms up, arms in, arms up. That's me talking to my wife, okay? Because she's exhausted. She's pregnant. She's like, I can't chase this boy around. But it's crazy. Life completely changes. And by the time I get to MJ, I grab his coat. And have you ever tried to zip up the zipper of a hyperactive one-year-old? Right? He knows he's about to go somewhere, and he's dancing. I'm just like, MJ, stop it. Stop. You hold. Come here. Like, it's impossible. But people without kids, you just don't realize the little things you take for granted. Because I've seen you. I've seen you zip up your coat and like you have all the time in the world. Right? You just latch it right up the very first time and take your time and make sure, yeah, I, I feel good. <laughs> I look good. And zip. Oh, man, how things are going to change. Uh, we, one of our pastors, he's a discipleship pastor. He's a single guy. He lives by himself. And the other day he told me, you know, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to have kids because it's going to be a whole lot easier for me to wake up in the morning and go to the gym. Oh, my friend. <laughs> How you are mistaken. Because, see, uh, before kids, you have this other little thing that you may not even know is a thing yet called Sleep. Enjoy it while you can. You get tired, you just go to bed, you lay your head down, close your eyes, and you sleep. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad, really. I, I had that season, but I, I had now wearing the, I'm now wearing the coat of a parent, and things are different, right? Sleeping through the night, woo, that was a good memory. 
right? It was great. Me and my wife, we don't even look at each other and say good night anymore. We look at each other and we say, good luck. It's your turn tonight. It's not my turn. Good luck. Good luck tonight. But it's just different. Seasons change. And try taking a nap with a child. It's impossible. Every time I lay down and take a nap, this one-year-old comes stomping and screaming and playing and, ah, outside, outside. It's one of the five words he knows. He loves going outside. Outside. And I wake up and I'm angry. I'm like, MJ, daddy's trying to take a nap. And I look and there's my son with a coat on. And that thing is zipped up right to the top. And I'm like, what in the world? MJ, what is going on? How does this even happen? Part of me, I can't even wait till spring because uh, I just don't want to deal with this coat anymore. Trying to zip that thing up. I mean, it's impossible. Because here's the deal. (laughs) Because with a new season comes a new coat. With a new season comes a new coat. We got our winter coat, our fall coats, our our spring sweaters. You know, we got our, our summertime. We just get rid of the coats altogether. But when the seasons change, so do our coats. And that's why today I want to talk to you about the coats of life. The coats of life, when our seasons change. And I know I've been joking around, having a little bit of fun today. But in all honesty, having a child has changed my life more than anything else in the world. It's been unbelievable. And there are challenges with it, but I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've experienced joy that I didn't even know existed. I'll never forget the moment looking at that little boy in the eyes when he was born. And, man, he's crying. And I'm just like, oh, I will do anything to protect you. This is my son. Man, and I'm determined to be a a parent that's there and the best dad that I can be. But I'm in a season where it's no longer all about me or even me and my spouse. Life as we know it changed. And the truth is we can all relate to these moments. These times when life as we know it changes. Sometimes our new season is great. Sometimes it's awesome. Other times it's hard and stressful. Because sometimes we get the promotion and other times we lose the job. Sometimes our marriage is going great and things are just clicking. Other times we're struggling just to keep things from falling apart. Sometimes things are going great financially and we're in a great season. And other times we don't know if we're going to be able to keep the bill on, the lights on for the month. Church, I want you to know no matter what season you're in, no matter what coat you're wearing, if you can learn to live in a way that honors God, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, I believe that anything is possible. And today it can be a new season for you. 2016 is around the corner. Make it a new season. And I believe that anything is possible because I believe it's biblical. And today this is what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a guy in the Bible who went through these different seasons. He wore these different coats in his life. And some were good. Some were really, really bad. But, but here was the key. Wherever he was, whatever he did, how he lived his life remained the same. He continued to live his life in a way that honored God no matter the season he was in. And God blessed him and brought him success wherever he went. See, church, I think many times you and I, we're so caught up on what to do. Like in the new season, and in fact, as a youth pastor, I've been a youth pastor about nine years, the most common question I get deals with new seasons, and what do I do? Pastor RJ, what should I do? Should I go to this college, or should I go to that college? Should I focus on sports, or should I get a job? Are they the one for me, RJ? I don't know what to do. Right? We're so caught up on what to do, but what if we're asking the wrong questions? What if it's not what God's concerned about, but it's how? In fact, Colossians 3.17, I love this verse, and it says this. It says, whatever. Come on, turn to someone beside you and just say, whatever. Come on, say it. You say it one more time. Say it loud with me. Say, whatever. Whatever. Sometimes we're so caught up on God. What? What should I do when I think God is saying, he's saying, you know what? Whatever. (laughs) 
Whatever you do, whatever you decide to do in word or deed, here's what matters, how you do it. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This verse tells me that, that maybe God isn't quite as concerned with what we do as he is with how we do it. That means whatever job you have, work in a way that honors God. Whatever person you decide to date, date them in a way that honors God. Whatever town you decide to live in, live there in a way that honors God. Whatever way you decide to spend your money, spend it in a way that honors God. Because God isn't as concerned with what you do as he is with how you do it. So whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in a way that brings honor and glory to God above. So I just want to show you uh, the life of a man who lived out this verse better than anyone I could, could find. And his name is Joseph, the life of Joseph. And I want you to see how the Lord blessed him as a result. We're just going to take a few snapshots of Joseph's life, starting in Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4. It says, one day jo Joseph had a special gift, or Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word to him. So here we go. Joseph's father gives him a coat, a beautiful, beautiful robe. And the first coat that Joseph got was the coat of a dreamer, the coat of a dreamer. He got dreams from God, dreams of ruling and nation and leading, leading people. And, like, he was a dreamer. And so he got a coat of a dreamer. And I got some coats today I'd like to share with you as well. And before, before I put on the new coats, i got to take the old coats off. So the first coat, I got the coat of a dreamer right here and. Hold on one second. I'm going to turn this way. So, Oh, yes. You see it right. Do we got any OU fans in the house? Where are my OU fans at? Come on. Oh, I hear some boos. All right. All right. See, see Joseph had some haters too. That's all right. That's all right. But, uh, but this is the coat of a dreamer. The coat of a dreamer. OU, you guys can relate to this, the, the Sooner fans, because this is your year. It's a great season you're in. Right? You're fantastic. You're in the final four. You have a dream of winning it all, going to the championship. Even though there are some haters out there, which we just heard them. Right? Even though there's people that are rooting against you, you still have a chance to win it all. And in just a few short weeks, this dream could become a reality. It's right there. It's right in front of you. And Joseph, he was also a dreamer. He also was going through a pretty good, good season. Even though his brothers, they were rooting against him. His brothers were hating on him. He was under his father's protection. He was his dad's favorite. And he got this awesome OU coat. It was a good season. Things were going pretty good. And church, as we begin a new year, one of the greatest things that we could do is get a dream from God. Get a dream from God. Because maybe you're here, life has stopped you from dreaming. Maybe you've lost your dream or you've given up on it. And you're here sitting in the seats and you find yourself just going through the motions. Man, make a determination, not this year. Not this year. This year, I'm putting on the coat of a dreamer. Find your dream. What's your dream going to be in 2016? Not for your football team, but for your life. What's your dream for your marriage? Maybe this year you can see improvement. Maybe this year you can go on dates once again. Or maybe this year you can fall deeper in love than you've ever been before as a couple. Or what's your dream for your dating relationship? You know, I hope part of that dream is to stay pure and honor God no matter what you do, and to evaluate, is this person pulling me closer to God or pulling me farther away from him? Is this the right one for me? What's your dream to honor God with how you date in 2016? What's your dream for your career? 
Maybe you need to mend a relationship between a boss or between a coworker. Maybe you need to finally start pursuing that idea you've been putting off for far too long. Or others of us, we've been showing up, getting a paycheck, and just going through the motions. And we need to determine, not this year. This year, I'm going to do all I can, the best I can, in a way that brings honor and glory to the Lord. What's your dream for your kids? Well, what kind of person do you want to mold them to be someday? What's your dream for their future? Or what's your dream for your finances? If you're here and you're like me, you made some bad financial decisions last year. But it's a new year. It's a new slate. Me and my wife, we've already talked, and we have a dream this year to knock out debt. Man, that's part of our dream for our finances in 2016. What's your dream? Maybe you need a dream for your relationship with God. You know, we're going into our two weeks of prayer and fasting, and some of you need this time so desperately because you need to get a dream from God. Don't just go through the motions another year. Wherever you go this year, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Genesis 37, 23. I want you to see that Joseph had a dream. Life was going pretty good. But his brothers hated him, right? And one day Joseph goes to check on his brothers. And he's going out there, and as he's going to check on his brothers, his brothers look down, and they see him coming from a far way off, and they recognize that nasty OU coat. Look at him. Here comes that dreamer. Look at that coat that he's wearing. You know what? I can't even stand to look at that coat. You know what we should do? We should, we should tear that thing off of him, throw him in a pit, and sell him to some traders passing by. And that's exactly what they did in Genesis 37, 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe that he was wearing, putting an end to the only way of life Joseph knew which was the life of a young dreamer. He now had a much different coat to wear. Life as he knew it was about to change. Because when your coats change, so do your seasons. Or when your seasons change, so do your coats. The next coat he was about to wear was the coat of a servant. The coat of a servant. And I got another coat I'd like to wear this morning as well. And I just want to introduce you to a a little someone called uh, God's team, a.k.a. the... Nebraska Cornhuskers, if I can get the coat on. Hold on. Oh, I hear some more more booze in the house. That's all right. That's all right. This is my team right here, the the black shirts, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, you, you may have a shade of red, but let me tell you, this is blood of Jesus red right here. All right, this is God's team. I love my Nebraska Cornhuskers. I was born there. I was raised in Nebraska, and I absolutely love it. I I love my team, and we may not be in the Final Four this year, but we've been there. We've been at the top of college football. We know what it's like, and, and we also know what it's like from going from one of the best, going to the top, to falling into the pit and going backwards. Like, I'm just rejoicing that we won our bowl game last night, so we're almost 500 team. Praise the Lord. But we know what it's like. And this is what it's like in life. Because sometimes instead of moving up the ladder, you get knocked back a few steps. Things don't go as you planned. And instead of being in the place that you dreamed of, you find that you're not on top. But you're in a place where you're serving those around you. Maybe you're here. You're working two jobs to provide for your family. You had to give up on a dream to provide for for those around you or be closer to your family. Or just to, to, you had to pass up on something good so you could serve those that are in your life right now. But you find yourself in a season where it's not all about you, but you're helping and serving those around you. You know, this is a coat that we all wear at some point in our life. And it's a coat that develops character. It's a coat that teaches us to put into practice the God, the gifts that God has given us to serve those around us. 
And that's exactly what Joseph did. He put into practice the gifts that he had. And I want you to see what happened to him because up to this point he'd been betrayed. He'd been thrown into a pit, sold into slavery by his brothers. And the last thing you would think is, boy, this guy is successful. Yet this is the first thing that it says about Joseph after being thrown into the pit or after being sold into slavery. Genesis 39, 2 and 3. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this, and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. In fact, Joseph was so good at what he did, Potiphar ended up putting Joseph in control of his entire estate. The only thing Potiphar had to worry about was, what do I eat today? Do I want steak, or do I want the ribs? Right? Like, we look at this, we're like, Potiphar was the man. Potiphar was the successful one. Like, I want to be like Potiphar, yet the Bible calls Joseph the successful one. But Potiphar's the one who's arrived. He has no worries. He's the top dog. Isn't that success? Today, I believe we're going to redefine success just a little bit. Because even though Joseph was in the pit, even though Joseph was the servant, Joseph understood that success is an event. It's not a person. It's not a person. You're here. You may have messed up. You may have made some mistakes last year. That does not make you a failure. In fact, without failure, there is no growth. So you could say, I'm not failing. I'm growing. I'm getting better. And Joseph knew this, and he understood that. Even though his season he was in wasn't his favorite, the coat he was wearing may not have been as nice or or beautiful, he understood that whatever he was going to do, he was going to do it in a way that brought honor and glory to God. Today, some of us are here, and we have this uneasy feeling in the pit of our stomach. We feel like a failure, like a disappointment, like we're never going to find success because we're not where we want to be in life, finances, career, family. We're not where we want to be, but today I hope we can change our mindset just a little bit because true success isn't about where you are as much as it is about who you're with. Here's what I mean by that. We just read it in Genesis 39, 3. The Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. Who was with Joseph? The Lord. Who gave him success in everything that he did? The Lord. See, if success is just based on where you're, all, where you're at, which is what we think sometimes, if you're CEO, if you're the top dog, if you're the big boss, if you're making lots of money, you're a success. But if that's our definition of success, just on where you are, then Jesus would have been considered a huge failure. Because where did he end up? Betrayed on a cross, hated by the world. See, it's not just about where you are, but it's about who you're with. And if you want the Lord to be with you, like he was with Joseph we got to spend time getting to know him. And the longer I do this thing, the more I begin to realize that salvation is free. It's a free gift. Anyone can receive salvation, but closeness and intimacy with God oftentimes comes at a price. And that's a hard price to pay. I remember a few years ago, I was reading a book about all these guys who gave up their life for God. Like, they were martyrs. They, they died in the name of Jesus. And these were some unbelievable stories. I'm reading this book, and I'm inspired, and I pray a prayer. And in a moment of pride, I say, God, I would die for you. Just show me. Just so, God, I would die for you. I'm feeling kind of good at myself in that prayer. And then in that moment, God spoke to me in that still, small voice that he does. He said, RJ, if you're willing to die for me, then why won't you live for me? I said, ouch, God, that hurts. But he said, RJ, I'm not asking you to die for me. I'm not asking you to put your life on the line for one big step of faith. I'm asking you to live for me. I'm asking you to take small, consistent steps every single day. Man, and that can be hard. 
that can be tough. And I'm standing up here as a pastor telling you that waking up to pray isn't always convenient. Right? Reading God's word isn't always the funnest thing in the world to do. And I'm just like you, when I read it sometimes, I don't understand it. And i got to research it more. And so it's not like the clouds part and a beam of light comes down onto my Bible. And, oh, no, like it's, it's tough sometimes to spend in God, time in God's word. And fasting, giving up food that I need and food that I love to say, God, I need you more, that's tough. We live in Oklahoma City, right? We got barbecue. We got places like Ted's that you can just show up and, man, it is unbelievable. Best food I've ever eaten. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for Ted's food. Like, it's incredible. It's incredible. But church, can we make this the year that we live for God? That we make the small, consistent, often hard choices to to grow in our faith? Because I believe if we want to go places with God we've never been, that might mean doing things with him we've never done. And our two weeks of prayer and fasting is coming up. Would you be part of it? Would you go after God like you never have before? Don't just go through the motions another year. Let this be the year that you say, you know what, God? Ah, I'm going after you harder than ever before. I don't know about you, but if I truly believe that prayer was our most powerful weapon, then my prayer life would look a whole lot different. If I truly believed it could give us breakthrough and then it could change our circumstances, my prayer life would look a lot different. But today we can put on the coat. It's a new season. It's a fresh start. 2016 is here. And here's the thing I love about God. He never consults your past to create your future. So you can start right now to be the person that God is calling you to be. Joseph, he was a man that honored God in all that he did, even in his integrity, even when no one was watching. He was a great servant, right? And, and jo- or Potiphar's wife began to take notice of Joseph. said, man, you look good in that Nebraska cornhusker coat. I tell you what, Joseph. And she tried to seduce Joseph. And Joseph, he was just being a good servant, right? He's just doing what servants do. He's scrubbing the toilets. He's washing the floors, washing the windows. He is being a great servant, but Potiphar's wife is over there in the corner doing the nay-nay, right? Watch me. Watch me. Ooh, watch me. Trying to get his attention. And Joseph's like, I don't want none of that. <laughs> in fact, we've all had enough of that one. So we're moving on. But, uh, but she was trying to, to get Joseph. She was trying to seduce him. Until finally it came down to the point one day she said, I've had enough. And she trapped, trapped Joseph, and she grabbed him by the coat. She said, I'm not letting go until you lie down with me. And Joseph, being the man of God he was, he said, I'm out of here. And he left his coat behind in the hands of Potiphar's wife and ran and got out of there. So once again, Joseph loses a coat. Once again, life as he know it is about to change. Potiphar's wife screamed, said, Joseph tried to take advantage of me. As a result, he was thrown into prison. And the next coat Joseph would wear was the coat of a prisoner. Just when it seemed like things couldn't get any worse, like he'd hit rock bottom, he faces a trial and attack like never before. And he has to wear the coat of a prisoner. And I got one final coat I'd like to wear today. And this, you're going to look at this and think, how is this the coat of a prisoner? Well, let me explain just one moment. Oh, yeah, I can tell some of you are lacking this coat already. All right, so this is, this is the coat of a prisoner, but how in the world is this the coat of a prisoner? Simply because it doesn't get any worse than this. This is bad. This is like the most ridiculous, horrible coat I could find. And as I'm looking at it, even as I'm wearing it, I'm like, this is uncomfortable. This doesn't fit me. I would never wear this around town. I don't even want to be wearing it in front of you today. Right? In fact, it's like so bad that I can't even wear it for the rest of the illustration. It's that bad. Like, get this off me. I want to get out of this coat as quick as possible. 
But the truth is, we can relate to that coat. We can relate to that feeling of being in a place where we're, trials are coming, where we feel like we're under attack, where we're facing stress, and we're stressed out, and we look at the, our situation, we look at the coat we're wearing, and we think, man, it can't get any worse than this. God, why do I have to wear this coat? Why do I have to go through this season? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be going through these things that I'm going through. What should I do? I want you to see what Joseph did. Because Joseph didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't question God. He, he kept doing what he had always been doing. And that's honoring God in all that he said and in all that he did. And here's what happened as a result in Genesis 39, 20 and 22. The warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph, even in the prison. The Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success as a servant, and now he's giving him success as a prisoner. I want to just take a quick snapshot of this because today I want to completely redefine what success looks like according to God's word. And the thing I love about this new definition of success is it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you do. All that matters is how you live no matter where you are or no matter what you do. And the thing I love about this definition of success, that means anybody can find success. No matter what season you're in, no matter what coat you're wearing, it doesn't matter the money you make, the car you drive, the job that you have, the position you hold, it doesn't matter what side of the street you live on, it doesn't matter your ethnicity, your background, it doesn't matter the degrees you hold or you don't hold, it doesn't matter where you work or if you've been mistreated, taken advantage of, or abused. Because the true measure of success isn't based on where you are, it's not even based on what you do, but it's based on how you live your life, no matter where where you are and no matter what you do that tells me no matter who you are you can be successful just because you're going through a tough season doesn't mean the Lord's forgotten about you he's not giving up on you and as long as you're alive God's not done with you yet a few months ago me and my wife we this hardly ever happens but we were able to celebrate our fifth a wedding anniversary and get away and go, go to a beach. And we found ourselves on a beach with huge waves. Hurricane Joaquin had just come through and these waves were enormous. In fact, they were so big that they would crash onto people and then they would suck you back and they would crash on people and then pull them back and people would get caught in this, this cycle of crashing waves and I've already seen two people drug out of the water to be saved. As I'm sitting there, my wife, she hits me. She says, RJ, I think that guy needs help. And I look up and I see maybe about a 280-pound African-American man throw his hand up right before a wave crashed down on top of him. I stand up and I start running in that direction. And when the wave cleared, I see him face down in the water, not moving. So I yell to the shore. I yell, help, help. Two more guys start sprinting that way. And I get there and I grab his arm and I pull his head up out of the water. And he's completely unconscious. And he's a big old boy, and I know I can't do this by myself. These two guys, they're getting close, and they're about to grab on. They're about to grab onto him as well when another wave crashed on top of us. And then we all went underwater. We all went flying. But I, even when I was underwater, I thought in my mind, I thought, man, I'm going to die trying to save this guy's life. But I didn't let go. When the water cleared, I came up and I heard these two guys yelling, where is he? Where is he? And I just yelled, I got him. 
I got him. And here was what the crazy thing of the whole thing was, is that the waves crashed and they were pulling everybody back. In fact, they pulled the two guys that was on my right and left back into the water. But somehow, me and this guy got washed up on the shore. I just had to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. There was no way I could have drug this guy up by myself. And more people come running, and they grab him, and we pull him up on the shore, and they check for his pulse. And he had a pulse, so he didn't need CPR. A nurse put him on his side and started patting his back. And before long, he started coming to. And once he came to, for about five minutes, he only said two words. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. He went around to about 20 different people. I'm alive. I'm alive. And I was able to talk to him a little bit later. And he was telling me, he said, man, I thought I was going to die. But I'm alive. I said, God must have something special planned for you. And he said, amen. I guess God's not done with me yet. Church, I think today some of us need to just get excited and shout and celebrate the same thing that this drowning man shouted, that I'm alive. I'm alive. Sometimes you just got to thank God that you're still alive, that you're still standing, that you're still here, that you've been through the pit, you've been in the prison, you've been through those tough seasons, but you're still breathing. And as long as you're breathing, you know what that tells me? God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He wants to change your season. He wants to move in your life the same way he did with Joseph. Joseph was about to get his season changed one more time. He interpreted a dream of Pharaoh. He was promoted from the prison to the palace. Second in command of the entire nation. He would go on to save his family and the rest of the nation as a result of his promotion. But church, I want you to know, God can change your season just like he changed Joseph's. But you got to stay faithful in the prison. you got to honor God. you got to work hard. Love people. you got to keep a good heart even in the prison. God will change your season if you keep honoring him. Today, I believe our prayer needs to be just, Lord, make me a Joseph. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, whether in word or deed, that how I do it matters. I would do it in a way that brings you honor and brings you glory. Lord, this year we refuse to just go through the motion. So whether we're in the pit, the prison, or the palace, Lord, we're going to do all we can, the best that we can. And as long as I'm still alive and I'm still breathing, Lord, I thank you that you're not done with me.